Welcome to the Leadership Wiley series on suburban small business. In today's episode, I talked to Leadership Wiley Class 20 participant, Jen Reed. Jen is an owner of Reed Plumbing with her husband, Joe. Welcome to the show, Jen, and thanks for fixing my water heater the other day. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Excellent service, by the way. I oh, uh, Good. I, yeah. Uh, about a week or so ago, I uh, had uh, water in my garage and needed needed a new water heater, and I trusted the folks at Reed Plumbing. So it was a, it was awesome. Good. Well, thank you for having us out. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before we dive in, how, uh, what are the, um, most important things I need to know about you to understand who you are? Well, I think really for right now, I mean, our business is based on our family. So it's just Joe and I, um, and we've been around for about two years here in Wiley. And um, I guess that's really it, like business-wise. So family been here two years. How did we How did we get to Wiley? Why did we choose Wiley? So we've actually been in Wiley for a little over six years now. Okay. Uh, we moved from Wisconsin and it was kind of random that my entire family had ended up in Texas. Um, at the time, my brother was stationed at Fort Hood with the Army. My other brother was in the Dallas Police Academy. And then both of them ended up marrying Texas girls. So we knew they weren't leaving. <laughs> and then my mom actually works for a Texas A&M, their school of dentistry in downtown Dallas. So they had all relocated here and we had been visiting and we decided that we didn't want the snow anymore. And so before our twins started school, we moved. Do you miss the snow at all? No. <laughs> it's nice to go and visit. Joe's family still lives there. So we'll usually take a trip up there either Thanksgiving or Christmas. So we get one snowy time and then we can come back. Yeah. You get to visit and then you get to leave it behind. Exactly. <laughs> so have you completely acclimated to our weather or you still uh, think we're wimps when it gets quote unquote cold outside? I always laughed at my parents that how they could never come back to Wisconsin because they were always so cold. We are totally acclimated now and <laughs> freezing cold and we're just the same way as they were. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad to know that. Yeah. Um, anybody who uh, like in college, the kids who are from further north when it would get to be like 50 and us Texas kids would be like, oh, my gosh, it's so cold. They'd be like outside in shorts and they're just mm -hmm. like, are you kidding me? This is this is summer weather right here. And you're just like, <laughs> ridiculous. Exactly. So what made you want to join Leadership Wiley? I really wanted to get to know the community better. Like I said, we've only been here a little over six years. And really the only connections we had here were my family and some parents that we've met through the kids at school. Otherwise, I didn't know much about the community. So I thought this would be a good way just to get to know how everything works and just learn more. Absolutely. Uh, going into going into the program, was there any specific days that you were looking forward to more than others? I think the school district one was one that I was looking forward to just because we have kids in the school district and mm -hmm. they are younger. So to be able to see how it works, you know, K through 12 and even additionally, you know, with Colin College, that was one that I was really looking forward to the most. Yeah. And what uh, grade are your twins in? Our twins are in fifth grade, so they okay. go to Harrison. Okay. So they're in that, um, about to switch schools a bunch of times, uh, phase yes. of life. Yes. <laughs> um, so we, you, you kind of mentioned going to Collin college and just from a owning a plumbing business point of view, uh, we went to Collin college technical campus in Allen, um, and the Wiley high school also has, um, some programs around construction and plumbing. Um, so from a owning a, a plumbing company, uh, what did that mean to you? It was just really neat to see that they are talking about it and they are encouraging it. And as we learned on that tour, I mean, if we don't have more plumbers coming up, there won't be, you know, plumbers or HVAC technicians, electricians, you know, all of those trades. And so to be able to see that not only is our school district, you know, promoting 
things like that. And then to be able to go to Collin College and make it so affordable. I think that was one thing too, is I came home and told Joe, you know, it's super affordable for these kids to be able to do it and to not have to go far. And I, I think that was the piece that I really enjoy just to see it's talked about because so much you hear about going to college and for your university. And I had that experience, but Joe didn't. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just based on the kid. And so to be able to see them promoting that, I think was huge. Yeah. I don't remember the exact stat, but it was something along the lines of like to get your degree there, it was going to be like $3,000 or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that after your first semester, you could go get a job that's $70,000 a year or something like that. Like, yeah. And then so she was saying that they had employers, you know, wanting these kids right off, you know, the stage. And so just to know that they, that that option is out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the trades, those are one of those things that, you know, you can't, can't really automate it. Like, mm-hmm. and in terms of like job security and whatnot, there's seems, I imagine there will be a world, like there will always be needs for people to work with their hands and go Definitely. make the plumbing, uh, uh, repairs and electrical repairs and HVAC repairs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, um, I, I had a, uh, I took a picture because yesterday or whenever uh, Joe came out to do our water heater, I also had all pest solutions. And I was like, oh, here's a bunch of it, like it, it was just like I couldn't get a good picture, but it was like, oh, supporting small businesses. <laughs> like Perfect. <laughs> yeah. And then the next day I had a um, Air Texas out because my air conditioner needed a little little um, encouragement when it came to heating. Um, so <laughs> we we got that figured out, too. So. Um, yeah, it was just a good feeling to be able to support small businesses. So, um, so you, you've had the business for about two years. Um, Joe's the plumber and that Mm -hmm. makes you everything else, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) So how, how did that come to be, um, in terms of starting the business? Tell us the journey of getting to that point. So Joe has always been a plumber. Um, As soon as he finished high school, he started his apprenticeship. And so he has 25 years in the plumbing business. And when we moved here, he had worked for a couple different companies. And we just, you know, he, he had sometimes talked about wanting to get his master's license, but had never really like pushed for it. Mm-hmm. Um And then we had some things happen with our family. Joe's mom was diagnosed with breast cancer and then I had a nephew pass away. And so there was a lot of things happening in our family and we both weren't feeling supported by our current employers. And so Joe decided, you know, nothing's going to change unless we make a change. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he went and took his master's exam and then we both quit our jobs and decided we were going to do this full time. So we put everything we had into it. Um, I had, I was working on contract work at that time with Mm -hmm. um, student exchange students. Um, And so my contract had ended in October. And so I took those three months between October and January to get everything, file paperwork, do everything that we needed to do mm-hmm. so that we could launch the business on January 1st. And then Joe worked up until right before Christmas. And we took that time with our kids. And then January 1st, almost two years ago, we opened the doors and hoped for the best. What was the uh, level of fear uh, in making that decision in terms of, you know, both going all in? It felt like the right thing to do. Um, I think we both knew that if we wanted to be in control of our schedules and be there for our families, we had to be our own boss. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, it was scary. You know, January 1 came and it's like, okay, is our phone going to ring? Because we're not from here. We don't know a lot of people. Um, So is this going to work? And we just kind of decided we're going to take that leap of faith and pray that it does. And it has been amazing. Yeah. So I guess fast forward to two years later, 
um, did the phone ring? It rang. Um, <laughs> not as much that first month, because um, obviously um, January is kind of a slower month in the plumbing mm-hmm. world anyways. Yeah. Um, but it rang. And then I started doing a lot of things with the Wiley Chamber. Mm-hmm. And so that's when things started to take off more because I was able to get out there and meet people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now we we can't keep the phone from ringing. So we're very <laughs> busy. <laughs> Well, that's a good, that's a good problem to have. Yes. I believe you said, uh, you were booked out like three weeks in advance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's been about two, three weeks right now. And it's been a while since it's been like that. Typically I would say like, normally we can usually get out there the same week, but Mm -hmm. it's just been a lot of bigger projects Mm -hmm. and things that people have been wanting to do, but hadn't, and now they want to do it. And so it's really booked our calendar. So what was your career like prior to running your own small business? So my background is in psychology and school counseling. Um, And so Like I mentioned before, I was doing this, I was working with a student exchange program. So Mm -hmm. for high school students, um, and that was my way of still kind of being in the education world, but also being able to work from home. And I also, after I got my master's degree was in the Peace Corps. And so that piece of working with different cultures in education, you know, I was doing that for about five years before Mm -hmm. we ended up starting this business. So tell me more about the Peace Corps. So I was stationed in Ukraine. And so I was there for 27 months. So you go and you have three months of training and then you go to your site for two years. And so I was a youth development volunteer and we pretty much did a little bit of everything pertaining with kids. So we would run clubs, we would teach English, we were teaching them a lot about American sports, like baseball and football in particular. Um, We would run summer camps. And so I did that for two years and I did not come home during that time. I just felt like I didn't want to come back to the U.S., and realized what I was missing. Mm -hmm. So I stayed. And then actually my parents came to visit me there. And one of my brothers came to visit while I was there as well. And it's just, it was one of the best experiences I think I've had in my entire life. It was amazing. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Um, do you think that, uh, the fact that you had to do a little bit of everything prepared you for doing a little bit of everything uh, in your current current role as small business owner? You know, like I never imagined me being part of this plumbing world. You know, that mm-hmm. was always Joe. But when looking now, I mean, my background has really helped in this, being able to get out and talk with people. Or, you know, a lot of times when we're taking these phone calls, people are in a panic and, you know, they have water running everywhere. And Mm -hmm. so for me to be able to use, you know, the counseling skills that I have Mm -hmm. learned in the past, just to kind of, you know, talk people through things. So while it's been a weird route to where we are, I mean, it, it works. Yeah. You always pick things up and you don't know how they'll apply to the next thing, but they mm-hmm. seem to find a way. I don't yes. know how that works, but it does. It seems to do that. So um, plumbing wise, is it mostly residential or what kind of customer is a good customer for you? We do both residential and commercial. And that's one of the things when you hold a master's license, you can do both residential and commercial services. I would say a majority of our work is residential, Mm -hmm. um, but we can definitely do commercial as well. What are some uh, unexpected challenges you've faced lately? I think right now is, so we've always wanted to keep our price affordable. You know, Mm -hmm. we weren't out there to try to upsell anybody. And now with just the rising costs of everything, you know, water heater prices going up, PVC Mm -hmm. pipe, you know, is insanely expensive right now. But so trying to adjust our pricing so that we're not losing money, but then we're also not, you know, so expensive that we get priced out, you know, out of here. And so I think that's 
one of the things that we, you know, go back and forth on is just making sure that we can still be affordable to everybody. Yeah, the pricing, the pricing debate is, it's like, <laughs> if anybody ever figures it out really fully, 100%, like, I don't know, like, you just have all these sorts of pricing experts and stuff. And it's just always, you just never know if you're like, eh, mm-hmm. am I too high? Am I too low? I just, that's a, a constant debate for me of like, I don't know if I bid that right. And because it, mm-hmm. ultimately it comes down to not only do you value, like, not only like in plumbing, there's, you know, actual material that needs to be bought, but like, how much do you value your service at? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's almost a, uh, a, a gauge of self-confidence, but also like gauging, you know, making sure that you, like you said, you don't want to price yourself out of working with the people you want to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, this made me think, and I'm pulling it up right now. Um, I saw a post the other day or when I was doing my research, I was going down your Facebook page and I saw a post and I really want to get back to it. And essentially long story short, it was um, somebody else had posted and you reposted it about discounts and why can't you do it cheaper? Mm-hmm. And you know, like, Oh, you've changed. Cause you, you can't do it for me what what resonated about that and could you tell tell us more about that i think you know it's people and it's definitely not everybody but you get those people who are like well can't you do it for cheaper and that is where it's like you know we really we're not a handyman service and joe is a master plumber you know with 25 years experience and we're giving you the best deal we possibly can without going broke ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, But it doesn't matter. People are still going to be out there asking for that discount. And, you know, we've just kind of learned at this point, it's like, well, then maybe our services aren't what you're looking for, you know, Mm -hmm. at this time and just kind of moving on to the next, because there's a lot of people, you know, out there who want to pay for those services. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's the you're on an airplane and you got to put the mask on yourself before you can put the mask on other people. And Mm -hmm. if you're giving all the discounts and stuff to everybody, you can't you you can't survive yourself and then you go out of business. And then what's the point? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I. Becoming a small business owner for me definitely changed my attitude on discounts and like wanting to pay full price on things um i mean i don't think i ever took it to an extreme but you know i tried to save money where i could but now Mm -hmm. it's like if this is a small business like they are you know this is what's putting food on the table at home like and as a friend or as a you know a, a connection i should want to spend the full price on services because that is a reflection on how much I value that person. And it's not a reflection on, I shouldn't ask for the, ah, oh, what's, what's the hometown discount? Because mm-hmm. that's that you're discounting the friendship and the service that the person is providing rather than, than, uh, you know, making your pocket a little, little more, uh, stuffed, I guess. And that's exactly what Joe and I talked about the other day. It's like, I, I'm not going to ask for pricing on things because I want to support those small businesses. Mm -hmm. And like you said, the price, I should want to pay that price because I value, you know, their expertise in whatever thing it ends up being. Mm -hmm. But before I probably wouldn't have looked at it that way. I would have been like, oh, well, can we get it a little bit cheaper somewhere else? But now I don't want to go somewhere else. I want to use somebody who I know is going to do a good job and I want to pay for that. Yeah. And that doesn't mean to uh, expect less, you know, less good service just because Mm -hmm. they're your friend. Like you still have standards and still want to get good service. But, you know, if they're giving good service, you should want to pay the full amount. Um, The uh, the other piece on there was something somebody had said, like, you've changed or whatever. Heck, yeah, I've changed. 
I've grown. <laughs> the business is is crazier. You know, when you're first starting a business, you take things that you may not necessarily take now. Yes. And you price them at a different point, price point than you do now. Mm-hmm. You know, at the beginning, you're just trying to get things going, get the ball rolling downhill. So you are probably willing to take a little bit of a discount. Yes. Um, but that can't go for on forever because it's not a sustainable business model and it's not a sustainable lifestyle for the business owner. Mm-hmm. Um, so the you've changed. Well, yeah, I hope I'm not the same person I was. I hope there. I've changed. Yes. I, I hope I've grown and learned and, and, mm-hmm. and enhanced what I've been doing uh, more yes. so than just staying stagnant and accepting the bottom, you know, bottom line. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So I just wanted to make sure we brought that up because I feel like it's a very important topic. So what are what are y'all focused on right now? So right now we have been doing a lot of work under houses, surprisingly. I mean, we've had with this really hot summer, we've had a lot of people with slab leaks with their ground moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've been working a lot of those bigger jobs that at the very beginning, Joe wasn't sure if those types of jobs he was going to be able to do by himself because mm-hmm. it is a lot of work. Um, but we have found that he can handle it and we have a really good dig crew right now. So they Mm -hmm. come in and get everything ready for him. And that has made a huge difference. So I think it was us learning, like, it's okay to get help on certain things. If it means Mm -hmm. Joe can do more jobs, you know, because before he was trying to dig some of that stuff by himself and that would take the whole day. And so it was just easier to find somebody who could do a good job. You know, mm-hmm. we want to make sure that they're up to our standards, but save us time in the long run. Yeah. Um, so is that, you mentioned Joe potentially not wanting to handle something on his own. Is that something that is uh, a consideration for the future is having a team or keeping it just the two of you? We go back and forth on that because <laughs> really right now, we would have enough work to supply a second plumber. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's like, as I said, I mean, we're two to three weeks out on our schedule. And so we could have somebody else because I'm turning down jobs, you know, every single day, just because it's people who have an immediate need and they can't wait. Um, But at the same time, we like it just us, you know, we're able to arrange our schedule, how it needs to be for kids activities or mm-hmm. for vacations. And we don't have to worry about somebody else's schedule and family, you know, because mm-hmm. then it comes down to, yes, it's busy right now, but what happens two months from now when it might not be that busy, mm-hmm. can we then sustain having, you know, more people? Yeah. So I don't know. Right now we're happy where we are. You know, we're not opposed to it. Um, so it definitely might be a conversation that we have as we go into the next year on whether or not we mm-hmm. want that. Yeah. Um, and then it comes also down to is finding a good plumber. Yeah. Um, that's, it's hard to find. And, you know, Joe has been doing it for so long and people know that. Um, and so we wouldn't want to bring somebody on and then everybody still just wants Joe, you know, and so being able to build that person up to come onto the team, but has Mm -hmm. that high level of workmanship like Joe does. For sure. Yeah, I think anytime you make a hiring decision, especially early on in a business where like, you know, you're like, "Uh, do I have enough money? And you kind of Mm -hmm. like trying to thread the needle of I don't want to have so much capacity, like use up so much of my capacity that if I do bring someone on, I can't train them properly to do the proper things. Mm -hmm. But also, I don't know if I have if I can get there without if I can get there monetarily without going over my capacity and it's just a, uh, it's a really tricky thing that I didn't realize how tricky it was until I started mm-hmm. my own business and needed exactly. to hire people and like, ah oh, man, it's a, and also like, it's no longer when you make that decision, it's no longer about just putting food on your table. It's now putting food on another family's table and yes. you want to make sure that 
like you said, you want to make sure there there's a runway there and that you're you're not having this person come work for you only to be like a couple months later being like, oh, well, actually just kidding. I can't mm-hmm. sustain it. Um, it's scary. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Speaking of uh, where you, th- that's just something I've been thinking about lately, too, is just like, what's the right moment? And I've just come to the conclusion it's all made up. There's not a right moment. There's not a wrong moment. You just, yes, it's just time sometimes. Um, so I've heard that working with your spouse can be tricky. Um, I say I've heard because Kimberly, <laughs> I think we had a, uh, I was going to have her help me like file some receipts or something. And that lasted about mm, an afternoon. And I was like, <laughs> what's the point? So what what's it been like working with your spouse? How how's that how's that gone? You know, I think for us, what's good about it is that we are not together. Um, you know, during the day, so he's out doing his things and I'm doing my things, and they don't always cross over. Mm-hmm. But you know, there is times where you know, communication can get hard because you are married to each other as well, you know? And so there's family stressors that come in as well. Um, But I think that it all just comes down to communication. And I think, you know, there's days where we, when we first were getting started and the phone wasn't ringing as often and he'd just kind of be lingering around where I'm trying to do things. It's like, okay, it's, it's time for you to like find something to do. Take a drive. Just, yes. just go somewhere. Go market. <laughs> just take the truck and go drive somewhere. There you go. <laughs> but ultimately, I mean, it's been, it's been good. I mean, we've been able to do so much more with our kids than we could ever do before because mm-hmm. before, I mean, Joe was working long hours. He would have to be on call on the weekends didn't have a lot of vacation time. And so now all of that is, you know, behind us and we're able to do what we want to do. Absolutely. So you have twins, correct? Mm -hmm. What's it like being a twin mom? You know, that was a big like surprise to us as well, because twins don't run in our family. And I have a stepson that's 18. So he is a senior in high school. So he Mm -hmm. was seven when the twins were born. And, um, it was, you know, at first, I guess you just do it because I didn't know any different, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I came into Caleb's life when he was four. And so I wasn't around for the baby stage. And then we had twins and it's just like, okay, well, we're going to do this. And we did it and it was tiring. And, now I can't imagine life without them, but you know, it's two of everything at the same exact time. So like our Mm -hmm. kids were just at adventure camp this past week. Well, that means times two of everything, you know, paying to go paying to have all the stuff that they need. Um, you know, there's not that spacing out because they both are going to need it at the same time or (laughs) hand-me-downs. Well, you can just wear this something your brother wore a couple of years ago. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. The, uh, yeah, I, God bless twin moms and twin dads. Cause just doing one was hard enough. Can't imagine trying to do two at the same time. That definitely has been a conversation of like, do we want to have another kid twins run on my grandfather was a twin. And then uh, Kimberly's aunts are twins. And so we're terrified that if we tried for number three, that we would end up with three and four, um, (laughs) which would be much more than we bargained for. So I would, I, that has definitely been in the calculus of like, I don't know, like, are you ready to roll the (laughs) dice? (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Cause that just seems like too good of odds to 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 work out and yeah, yeah well you haven't had it yet but it's it's bound to come around at some point yeah i'm just hoping it's somebody else in the family <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll just stop it too just in just in case um <laughs> so what are what are some things that um that you're passionate about 
think right now is just being involved um, and really being able to be a part of the community that has been so good to us. And so, and I do that through the Wiley Chamber and being part of the ambassador program. Um, and I was recently named as the chair of the ambassador program as well um, for next year, but I kind of jumped in now to fill that void that they had as well. So being able to volunteer and you know, do that piece of things. And that was something too with Joe and I is that we wanted to be able to give back. And so we recently have partnered with um, Coventry and we've been um, working with them on some of the plumbing needs that they've had there and really doing it, you know, not charging for labor and really just keeping it as minimal as we possibly can. Um, and so being able to help nonprofits when they need it um, has been something that we wanted to put, you know, higher up on our, our list now that we've been around, we're established. And I think that that's really where I have put my focus is just giving back and being part of the community. Uh, for those unfamiliar, Coventry is. So they, um, Coventry Reserve, and so they provide services for adults with disabilities. And so once they age out of the school district, um, they can go there. And I believe they do Monday through Thursday. They can come and they have different classes. They're doing physical activities or just things to kind of keep their minds still going um, and working on different projects. And their main thing is their pottery. And so they make pottery there and they even have like a little store set up. It is a beautiful facility. I mm -hmm. had never been there. Um, but then Joe and I both went out there and toured and I couldn't believe how big it was. And yeah. they recently had purchased um, the house next to it so they can have a respite program mm -hmm. on the weekend. And they're just doing some really, really great things there. Yeah. It, and we're getting close to Christmas time and they always have uh, they always make ornaments and have a have a Christmas show. Mm -hmm. Um and and you can go buy Christmas uh all your Christmas goodies. Um yes. so would highly recommend checking out Coventry Reserve, um, especially around Christmas time. Um and yeah, it's uh it's such a special place. Every time it I'm is. out there you can just feel the the love. Yes. And they are recently too, they're growing a lot of their mm -hmm. own produce out there too. And in hopes of being able to start like culinary stuff out there so mm. that, you know, the, the adults can watch it grow and then take it from the garden. And then, you know, like the whole farm to table type thing, which is just so cool to see. Yes, absolutely. Um, oh boy. What's something about you that people are surprised to find out? Hmm. A lot of times I think it is when I tell them that I was in the Peace Corps, especially living in Ukraine. Um, it's not something that I feel like a lot of people talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really didn't know much about it. Um, but when I was getting my master's degree, I was doing an internship through a career services at a local university. Mm -hmm. And so we would have the Peace Corps recruiter was in and I felt like it was a lot, you talked about it a lot more then. Um, and it just, you know, people just don't expect it, I guess. And so that's one of the things that they're surprised about. Um, travel wise, other than the Ukraine, have you ever been any, were you able to go elsewhere within Europe? Yeah, so I I went to Egypt. Um, well, oh, wow. for Christmas one year we had went and did that, and then I went to Hungary. We took a trip to Budapest, mm -hmm. and then after we were done, a couple of us went to we went to Paris and we went to Amsterdam. Um, and that was just really neat because we were like, you know, we're over here already. And so mm -hmm. we kind of took the long way home per se. Nice. Um, and so, and then I traveled all over Ukraine because Ukraine is the size of Texas. So it is huge. Mm -hmm. And I lived, um, Southeast Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I would travel all 
over to the different parts of Ukraine while I was there as well. That's awesome. Um, what's your favorite place you've ever been? Oh, you can you can rattle off a top three if if that makes things easier. <laughs> Egypt was really neat to see. Um, it was just the pyramids and all of that was amazing. Yeah. Um, even just Ukraine, it's such a historical place. And um now with all the destruction that's there, it makes mm-hmm. me so sad because it's like that stuff can't be rebuilt, you know. Right. It's the old churches and the cobblestone roads mm-hmm. and just like that classic Europe. Um yeah. it's so pretty. Yeah. Um and and Hungary Budapest was beautiful as well. You know, we were there at Christmas time and they have their Christmas markets. I think that's what I love the most is just the outdoor markets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I love that. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Kimberly and I um one year went to before kids, we were like, well, we're we plan on having kids soon. So if we want to do this, we're gonna do it now. We went yes. to we went to Prague for Christmas. Oh, um yes. so we did Prague and Berlin over Christmas time. And it, I think, I mean, the markets were awesome. The thing that got me that I didn't, I just don't think about cause I've lived in Texas or Arkansas my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it getting dark at like two 30 was, uh, quite shocking to me. <laughs> it's like, Oh my gosh, it doesn't get light until 10. And then you only get like four hours of sunlight. Like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, those I'm sure winter living, months. Yeah, I'm sure you living in Wisconsin, you you were at least a little uh little more ready for that, but I was mm-hmm. not ready for that cuz I didn't I also didn't really travel much in the winter time uh cuz uh unless we were going like snow skiing or something. But yeah. yeah, that was quite shocking of like, whoa. No wonder people are vitamin D deficient over here. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get yes, outside exactly. when the sun's up. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, what, what was the biggest, uh, adjustment you had to make, uh, moving to Texas from Wisconsin? Uh, I think just learning how to be in the heat. That was something that, you know, it, we'd have a couple warm days in Wisconsin, but not like here. Um, and so that was one thing that we really had to get used to, Um, but our transition was pretty easy. Everybody was always so kind. Mm -hmm. Um, when we moved here, my parents lived in Rowlett at the time. And that was part of the reason why we chose Wiley was because it was close to them. And my mom had heard such really good things about the school district. And so that's what brought us here. And it, you know, while we didn't know people, it still was that friendly small town feeling, you know, wherever we went and, so it made it really easy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's been the big selling point on Wiley was just the small town feeling with also just having the amenities of not a mm-hmm. super small town. Uh, when we were moved, when we were planning on moving, I asked Kimberly, like, what, are, what's important to you? Um, she's like, well, I want to, I don't want to be too far from like stores to like, if we need stuff. Yes. Um, but I also don't need to live in like in the city and like good schools and stuff. And so we were like, okay. And her parents live out in East Texas. So it was kind of a draw. We, okay, we're going East. Let's explore these areas. Mm-hmm. And um, just ended up in Wiley. And it's been, it's been a great, great experience uh, being here and just having that, um, that, like you said, that small town feel. I don't, I don't know how it works that way, because you yeah. can go to surrounding areas and it's not that way. But here, for some reason, it still does. Mm-hmm. Um, what's something you've been reading, watching, or listening to lately? Oh, not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because I'll go in spurts of different like leadership type books. Um, Mm -hmm. But lately we've been so busy that I haven't really taken the time to do anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And watching, we've been really just watching baseball. I think that's kind of taken over. Go Rangers. I know. We did it. 
That is fantastic. And so it's like, that's what we've been doing every night, you know, is watching baseball. (laughs) My mental health and my sleep schedule immediately got better around 1030 last night. (laughs) (laughs) I actually stayed awake for it. I was like, okay, I'm going to finish the game. Uh But I'll, yeah, it was usually, usually I try to be in bed at like nine, nine 30, but like playoff season for really any sport i'm like well okay and like baseball even like had to pick and choose of like okay no i got i have to i'll look at the highlights in the morning like (laughs) but not but the world series i didn't do that it's like this is this is it like Mm -hmm. if we win this we win yes Um, and uh yeah my stress levels i'm sure my cortisol levels will go way down my uh i'll be able to go to sleep earlier Mm-hmm. Um, my productivity will probably go up. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, and even last night, uh, two strikes, you know, we're one strike away from the world series or whatever. And I turned to Kimberly and I go, I've been here before and it, I've been hurt before. So I, I, I am not, it's not over until, until we're celebrating on the field. Like, yes, <laughs> and then they, they threw the final strike and I'm like, all is forgiven. Mm-hmm. And in in 2011, I had a friend uh, call me in the ninth inning when the Rangers looked like they were about to win, and he's like, "I just want to be on the phone when we win." And uh, oh, and I had to quickly uh, get him off the phone at that point. Um, so last night I called him and told him we can be friends again. Um, <laughs> granted, we've both been in, in each other's weddings since then, but I told him. Mm-hmm. Now it's okay to be friends again. Now it's yeah. <laughs> Said I, uh, I, I can take the poster of of your face with a with an X through it off the wall now. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty eleven doesn't sting as much as it used to. <laughs> now that we have our first championship in uh, ever. I know that's amazing. Yeah. Now it goes to now that that distinguished title goes to wisconsin actually uh, i believe the brewers uh are are now the longest tenured team without uh oh. without a world series yes that was one of the things too it's like i've held on to my wisconsin team so like my packers and the wisconsin badgers but that was one team Joe and I both were like, okay, we can get on this Rangers. And so even, you know, once we moved here, because I mean, we would watch the Brewers, but it wasn't, you know, they weren't on the top of our list of teams. And so when we moved here, it's like, okay, well, we don't, we can be Rangers fans. So that's one thing we did switch to Texas. Yeah. It's not quite as uh, drastic as if you were to go from a Packers to a Cowboys fan. Oh yeah. I think your family may disown you. I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure how that's how that works. Well, and Joe is a Giants fan, so he's not mm. even a Packers fan. So he really is out there. How did how did that happen? Is he from New York? He been no, <laughs> he's never even been there. Um, he as a kid, he was like, I don't want to be like you know everybody else, and so he started just saying he was going to be a New York Giants fan, and and he stuck with them all these years later. There you go. Um, so now everybody always just gives him a hard time because, you know, he just kind of sticks with his giants for no rhyme or reason, but they're his team. Rough time for that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, what would your advice be to someone wanting to start their own business with their spouse? I would say just make sure that you're on the same page from the very beginning. You know, it is a huge Step, especially when you know you're putting everything into one basket you know and just but not being afraid of it I think you know sometimes people can just say oh it's not gonna work or whatever else whatever reasons can be out there but just communication and open communication from the very beginning and you know just don't be afraid to do it yeah I think communication is just I'm pretty sure communication may be the key to everything. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, any relationship, any anything like that, it mm-hmm. it always boils down to communication. Yes. So, do you have any tips on good communication? 
No, because some days, you know, I fail at it as well. And it's just, but not being afraid to have those failures, you know, to, mm -hmm. because it's just going to push you to that next level to, okay, this didn't work. And how can we make it better for next time? You know, when something comes up um, and, you know, it, I, come with that background of communicating and talking about your feelings and all of that stuff. And that's not always Joe. So to be able to also identify each other's strengths and weaknesses and how can you work together in those things and not make the other person, you know, upset. Yeah. Was that a, a period of transition trying to get used to each other's communication styles? Yes. And we still, I mean, there's, because you can never, you never know what things are going to pop up. Um, and so some days, you know, things happen and you just have to move forward from them and know that it's part of the business and it's probably not going to be the last time something happens, but let's move forward from it and learn from it. Mm -hmm. What's something that you, uh you'd mentioned something about learning from failures and stuff. Is there, is there specific examples within the business of things that didn't go right that uh, changed how you did things going forward? I think one of the first things was the very first time Joe did a full complete repipe of a house, you know, bidding those and giving an estimate on that was, you know, something he wasn't used to doing. And so, you know, he put a price out there and the person agreed and he was like, oh my gosh, with all that work, they really got a deal. And so we've learned that it was like, okay, if it's going to take him a week to do this, like we have to make sure we're charging, you know, the right amount for that. And um, also for me too, I mean, my background is not in counting, but I have had to learn QuickBooks and there's been, you know, so many times where something hasn't worked or whatever else. And my mind doesn't always work in that numbers way. And so I've had to learn all of that um, because I did not know any of it. As, um, how, did, how did you go about uh, learning those, those things like QuickBooks? Well and error. Um, and my accountant, she probably was so sick of me at the very beginning because I would screw something up and then I would just email her and say, help. And then she would go in there and fix everything that I just screwed up. Mm -hmm. um, and then at some point, you know, she would try to want to teach me. I said, how about I just pay you to just when these things come up, you just take care of them because it just was too much of a headache. And now, you know, as I've done things, I've really started to learn and I can do pretty much most things on there. Um, but trial and error and my accountant has been my lifesaver. Hear that people? Accountants equal lifesavers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I actually was talking to some fellow accountants today and one one girl um, started her own bookkeeping firm after she had to learn QuickBooks due to a small business she was running and then just enjoyed the bookkeeping so much. She decided that would be her new small business. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Okay. And so, so yeah, accounting is fun. That's, the, yeah. that's what the lesson is here. Oh, I don't know about that. I'll leave that to you guys. And we'll just gladly push that on. Cause I mean, and I can do it, but you know, some of that stuff is just confusing. And when you're not, you know, that's not what I learned and is just not my thing always. Yeah. Um. So what, what was it like being able to take I know you mentioned going on a full, I believe it was a full week vacation a couple of weeks ago, just from being small business owners, you were able to afford yourself taking that full week um, with your kids. What was, did y'all have a period of reflection during that time? And just like, wow, we're, we're here. Or how did that, how did that feel whenever, whenever you were able to do that? Well, this, this time it was just like a half a week we were yeah. able to take, um, but I will go like last spring break. Um, we took the kids to Arizona. Um, our vacations are typically 
going to Wisconsin to visit Joe's family. Um, and we're driving and, you know, it's the same thing over and over. And so last spring break, we really decided it's like, you know, we've worked so hard and we wanted to be able to do something with our kids that we haven't done before. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we decided to do Arizona and we flew, we didn't drive this time. Wow. Um, and that was, so it was the kid's first time on an airplane and we were able to go and do things that we couldn't always do because the money wasn't there. Um, and so we took one vacation that was like, okay, we're going to splurge and we're going to do this and let the kids have those experiences that we haven't been able to do before. Mm-hmm. What'd y'all do in Arizona? Um, we really, we did a lot of hiking. Um, and of course, you know, you ask the kids, it's like, oh, what was your favorite thing? Like we did a day trip to the Grand Canyon and all the different hiking we did, like went on four wheelers. Like we went and did all this stuff. Let me guess, let me guess. It's going to be like hanging out in the hotel with the family or, uh, riding on the airplane. (laughs) Oh, it was going to the water park. At okay, Great yeah. Wolf Lodge, you know, yeah. so we went one day because it was kind of cold out still there. So the outdoor stuff wasn't open. So we're like, oh, we'll do one day like at the water park. And I'm like, we could have went to Great Wolf Lodge here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But hey, whatever, whatever. But yes, that was both their favorite part was going to the water park. Yeah, I always I always get a kick out of the things that stick out in your mind from a trip. And it's never the thing you think it's going to be No, like several years ago, um, me and my friends went to Minnesota to go watch the stars play the wild. Mm -hmm. And so we built the, did this trip. This was like when escape rooms weren't everywhere. And so like we found this thing called an escape room and we're like, that sounds awesome. Cause we're like, we're board game nerds too. So like Mm -hmm. puzzles and stuff was just like, whoa, (laughs) blew our minds. Um, so we found an escape room. We went to a stars game, which was awesome. Um, but the thing we talked about the most during that trip or after that trip is we went to the free art museum where we figured out we aren't art people. Uh-huh. And the whole time we were just walking around um, with very confused faces as to it was a modern art museum. Mm-hmm. And we were, we were very confused as to why this was considered art (laughs) and that art museum still gets talked about amongst our group of friends not the game not the escape room not the other stuff we did the weird free art museum yeah it's always something like that you know it's something that you aren't spending a lot of money on typically or it's something you could do anywhere else and that's usually the thing that's going to stick out the most yeah that's how it works out um Mm -hmm. yeah we went to a vikings game that time too and i even forgot about that but i did not forget about the art museum (laughs) the another trip we did was uh we did a road trip of all the different sports hall of fames Mm -hmm. so we started in massachusetts went through new york went up into toronto and then ended up in canton um, and one of the things we talk about most on that is one, the car we drove, the car we rented was a Toyota Yaris. Oh. Um, there was three grown men in a Toyota, Toyota Yaris <laughs> with all of our stuff. And, uh, you couldn't have put another thing in that car because it was loaded up. Um, and then also, uh, we watched like a intramural softball game when we got to Boston and that's what we talk about. Not the Sports Hall of Fames. Yeah. But Red Sox, Blue Sox, who we uh, made up a story about how he was trying to impress the ladies uh, playing his intramural softball game. Uh, and he was wearing one Red Sox and one Blue Sox. So Red Sox, uh-huh. Blue Sox gets talked about a lot too. <laughs> and the Yaris. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So yeah, that doesn't surprise me uh, that mm-hmm. the uh, one-off water park trip that was... Yeah maybe or maybe not planned um was the highlight Mm -hmm. it's just how it works out always so i like to end on uh asking a question that comes from the previous person even though they don't know who they're asking it to and their uh 
their question is, what is the most recent thing you've learned? And it doesn't have to be businessy. Oh. It can be just anything. Wow. Let's see. Something that I have learned. Um, that's a hard question. I think this has been more like personal, but that it's okay to we're in this stage with my kids. It's like they want and think they're like teenagers, but they're not. Um, and so them being away at camp, it was like, okay, I need to just let them be, you know, I have to trust that they're safe and they're okay. Um, and that I don't have to know what they're doing, you know, all of the time. And so being able to really kind of let them go and do that and um, learning how to be a parent to that age is just, it's different because it's like, they don't need you all the time now and they can go away on these school camp trips um, without people that you, you know, it's not family. It's not a close friend. It's their way. And so being able to let that happen and embrace that point of being a parent um, has been hard, um, but also, you know, a fun time as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, with a one and a three-year-old, like it's just chaos in our house. Um, but just imagining I do do the mental exercise of like, ah, oh, there's like the fact that Charlie's already three is just mind blowing to me. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I think time stopped in 2022. So it just, it just, I can't, time is weird. Mm -hmm. Um, but just imagining them growing up to the point where they don't need us as much because right now you're like i wish you wouldn't need us so much <laughs> and then getting to the point where it's like oh i want mm -hmm. you to need me a little more i um, know it's funny because the kids they had their phones with them and they were they told me like don't worry we'll check in every night and I don't think I heard from my son barely at all. I wasn't seeing pictures. My daughter texted me a couple times, but it was like, no. But then like giving them that independence too of like trusting mm -hmm. they're okay. They're having fun um, and, and letting them be. But yeah, we did not hear from them very much. Yeah, no, that, that's expected. Um, <laughs> the... Uh... <laughs> So in college, uh, me and my friends went to a camping trip in central Arkansas. And uh, apparently, one of our friends typically would talk to his parents every day mm -hmm. um, and check in at least. Well, apparently, when we went on this camping trip, he did not check in with his parents. Granted, we're in college. We're all 18, 19, mm -hmm. living on our own. Um, the park ranger rolls up. <laughs> Oh no! It's like, is one of y'all? And then said his name. Yeah. And we all like look around, and just all of us do the the group point in his direction. <laughs> and his, his only he just said, "Your mother called. You should call <laughs> her back." <laughs> and we we're like, "Oh my gosh." <laughs> You should call your mom. She's yeah. apparently worrying about you. Um, but yeah, um, that was uh, that was interesting. So the moral of that story is you're doing a good job in letting go. Otherwise, their friends in college will relentlessly tease them whenever you call the park <laughs> ranger on them. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, but it was like. Oh no, we're in trouble too. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> he's in trouble too. Oh my gosh, your mom called the park ranger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was quite a quite a sequence of events. <laughs> um, last thing, 
would be um, if people need plumbing services or want to learn more about you or I'll, if you're ambassador program leader for next year, I'll mm-hmm. let you plug that as well. How, where's all the places we need to go to learn more? Oh, well, if you're interested in getting involved with the Wiley Chamber, definitely start by coming to the Business Exchange on Wednesday mornings at the Smith Public Library at eight o'clock. And that's definitely a great place to plug in. And um, that's something, too, where if you're interested in becoming an ambassador and being more involved in the community, I'm typically there. Uh, Wednesday mornings. So that's a place. And then also um, just going, searching Reed Plumbing on Google or on Facebook, and you can find us there. And Reed is R-H-E-A-D, just to clarify, it'll also be in the title of the show. Um, All right. Well, that's all all for today. Um, Definitely go check out the Wiley Chamber. Um, I feel like that's where I started getting plugged in with the community as well. Um, it's, it's an invaluable resource and also who, uh, is in charge of leadership Wiley. So, uh, got to give them another plug there as well. Um, it's great. Uh, the business card exchange is a great place to meet folks in the community and learn about what other small businesses are doing. So definitely giving it a plug there. Thanks for joining us today, Jen. Um, we'll see you soon. I'm sure. I think we have leadership Wiley here in a couple weeks, so definitely see you soon. Thank you.